Welcome to All the Social Ladies, a podcast bringing you candid conversations with the boldest women in digital marketing. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and let's get into the show. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to introduce you to Mindy McKnight, who is the founder and CEO of M-Star Media, Inc. You may know her from CuteGirlsHairstyles.com, which, of course, launched the Cute Girls Hairstyles YouTube channel over 10 years ago. She's currently ranked one of the top 25 women on YouTube with over 5.6 million subscribers, generating 10 million monthly views. Her twin daughters, Brooklyn and Bailey, won 2017's People's Voice Webby Award, as well as being nominated for People's Choice Award in 2018. They've also just recently launched a mascara line. Mindy's launched a book on viral parenting. There's just lots to hear here about how they built their incredible business on YouTube. Welcome, Mindy, to the show. Hey, how's it going? It's great. You know, Mindy, I feel like, of course, I know you, and I'm sure many people say this to you when they meet you or get to interact with you because I've consumed so much of your content online. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a no, good thing. I think it's a great thing. It's a great thing. So before we talk about, you know, what you've done on YouTube and what you've done, you know, really as a, a parent in the digital space, let's talk about your career and how you got to where you are today. What do you think are the three moments that got you here? If you had to stick to just three, what would they be? Okay. I mean, I would probably say starting my blog, just the initial, like, pull the trigger, I'm going to do it moment where I just decided to go ahead and start would be the first one. The next one would probably be when my husband and I won On the Rise, which was a program that YouTube was running like 10 years ago or nine years ago, where they would take three channels and pit them against each other for a vote off. And whichever channel won, you basically won 24 hours on the YouTube homepage. And back when, you know, the homepage was like this huge thing. And so we, we actually participated in that and won, and they put us on the homepage and we gained a ton of followers in those 24 hours. So that was definitely a big moment of like lift for my channel. And I think the third one was probably when we launched the Brooklyn and Bailey mascara, only because it was the first time that we really took something off the YouTube platform and branched out you know, and like started diversifying our portfolio. So let's, let's give a little context to some of these moments, because what you've done is truly incredible. Talk about when you first decided to start a blog, what went into that and where did you learn how to do all of that? Did you just learn by doing, or did you go to somebody? How did, how did you get your official first start? Well, I was just, I mean, simply just doing hair with my kids in the morning. And I had seen one other woman that was at the time putting up a blog about hair. And I remember at the time, I'm a little bit competitive. And so at the time I was like, I think I could do that. I think I could do that. And I think I could maybe even do it better. And so I kind of just toyed around with, it was almost more like an online journal at the time. I wasn't really looking to have followers. I didn't even know that you could make money and started blogging. And it was all trial and error. I mean, we were using camp lights to film with initially. It was terrible. The quality is terrible. The videos are terrible, but, um, you know, we just learned by trial and error. And I think the thing that resonated with the audience was just the authenticity of it was like me in my pajamas doing kids hair in the morning. So I think that really stuck with moms and took off. And how did you build the audience? So you started to go over to YouTube and you, you started to get a following. And 
prior to actually competing in the homepage competition, you started building a following. What do you think was responsible for that? Was it just that word of mouth caught on and it was it was good content so people shared it? I do. I think it was good content. I think moms related. I think it was the era where people were really starting to use places like Pinterest and blogs mm-hmm. to really stretch themselves and learn more skills. And so moms were hungry for that content. But I also think that when girls are wearing hairstyles, it's like a walking billboard, right? So everywhere the girls were going, people were like, whoa, how'd you do that on her hair? And the moms would immediately reference the blog. And so it just naturally kind of resonated for us. So this was really 10 years ago that you launched on YouTube. And now here you are. It's grown into this family social media empire, right? And the kids, you know, the girls have their, as you said, they have mascara lines, right? You've really diversified beyond just the YouTube channel, right? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we we made an effort. I mean, we have six YouTube channels total now, four of which are over a million subscribers. Um, so we've diversified not only across the platform itself, but also across platforms, meaning Facebook, Instagram, you know, Musical.ly, TikTok. And now... In the last year or two, we've really focused on off-platform growth. So I have a book that came out, obviously, this year. The Twins launched their merchandising line in general last year, and it's done very, very well. We've broken into real estate a little bit. I mean, we're just sort of trying to branch across many things now and diversify. Okay, great. So tell me a little bit. So this is 10 years now on YouTube, really incredible. The girls were much younger when you started. Talk to me about the decision to let the kids get involved in social media. And do you see social media as having a positive impact on the generation, a negative impact? Both. Talk to me a little bit about that. When we first started, we were really nervous about the girls being online. I mean, you can tell in our first videos, I don't show their faces. We reference them as CGH1 and CGH2. We don't really even you know, use their names because we didn't know enough about the space. Like we were nervous parents and we were very protective of their ki- of our kids and what we, information we were putting out there. As we lived in the space, the more and more comfortable we got with the space. And so slowly you can see the transformation to where we're starting to allow them to use their names and we show more of their faces. And then, you know, with the launch of Brooklyn and Bailey's own channel, that brought them forward even more. And I mean, now we're pretty much fully invested, right? Our family's like all in. So I do believe that the space is still a positive space. I'm not naive enough to know that there isn't negative out there. Certainly there is. And definitely you need to be proactive and careful with your kids. But overall, I feel like even with all of the experiences that we've had over the last 10 years, our family overwhelmingly feels like our experiences have been positive. And so now you're, you're basically giving back to the community, I think, with this book, the book that you've come out with, which is fabulous, Viral Parenting, A Guide to Setting Boundaries, Building Trust, and Raising Responsible Kids in an Online World. What, if you're looking for, you know, I'm sure you get this question all the time. Parents today are pretty much digital immigrants, right? They weren't born with this. They've adopted this. And so they're raising children who are digital natives. They were born with this. This is basically their world. What advice do you have for parents in this world and how they can raise responsible, safe digital kids? I mean, one of my huge, huge ones is just that if you have kids online, you need to be parents online. You can't expect your kids to just navigate the space without your help. And you need to be where they are. If they have social media, you need to be on social media. 
having said that, I also reiterate this one all the time. And that that's, there's no such thing as digital privacy. Don't ever, ever think that there is. And if your kids try to say that, if they're like, but this is my private space, my phone, you can't check it. No, there is no such thing as digital privacy. If your kids are on their phone, if you're not checking it, their friends can screenshot it or, you know, AI is reading it or they're cooking it or giving them ads dependent on what your kids are searching. Like everything about the digital space is open for general consumption. So I just reiterate that with my kids all the time. The third one for me would be just having seriously open lines of communication with your kids. Just talk about anything and everything and make it very normal. Like I love having convos with my kids just in casual everyday conversations that have to do with digital and like the internet or, you know, cyberspace. So just make it super casual, almost as casual as like, you know, teaching your kids personal hygiene. It just needs to be like something that's coming up every day. I think the key of what you said was right at the beginning, which is that you you have to participate in order to better understand and be able to communicate with your kids. Because if they're online, you have to understand the platform so that you understand what they're talking about and how they're interacting. Right. It's very and hard to make it very normal. It doesn't have to be like a hot, heavy conversation every time. We have like a family text thread where we send funny memes to each other or you know, if like a, a story about somebody in a high school getting bullied pops, we'll throw it in the thread and then we'll have kind of like a family conversation about it, you know, and it's just like you can just be having simple little convos here and there. It doesn't always have to be really heavy for the kids. It shouldn't be. Make it light and funny and easy to talk about. Right. So it doesn't feel like it's like every time you're having a conversation, you're like having the talk about like anything that's big yes. in your life. Right. It just lots yes, of little exactly. conversations. I, I agree with you. So YouTube, I know, has changed a lot over the time that you've you've been a creator. Talk to me about how your, and really Brooklyn Bailey's, everybody's, the family's approach to creating content has changed. What kind of content performs best? What networks are really interesting to you right now? And any advice to other creators? My biggest piece of advice to creators is just that you, you have to be able to adapt or you're going to die because the space changes so quickly like don't go into it thinking that what you're doing right now that's working is going to work three years from now or five years from now. For example, our branding hasn't changed. Like who our family is, what we stand for has not changed over 10 years. But the way that we project that into our videos has. You know, when we started, it was long form, more tutorial-based content. Then it went to very short YouTube favorite, very short, quick clips type of video content. And now YouTube's going back to a little bit more long form, but they're favoring like, you know, usually they're favoring right now more family content or kid content. So it just depends on, you know, what's happening in the space in general. And you have to be willing to adapt and tweak your messaging within that, or your platforms are going to fall out from underneath you. I love that. Now, if you were starting or you're talking to somebody who wants to start from scratch today, from scratch, like not with any built-in former networks, former uh, channels or anything like that, and they just wanted to start from scratch. How difficult is it to become a creator today versus how it was years ago? I don't think it's any harder than it was then, honestly. I mean, channels are still popping left and right. You know, there's channels that are huge today that weren't even around three years ago. So James Charles is one of them. I mean, I think he's only been in the cybersphere for three years. So, I mean, it's very doable. Emma Chamberlain is a new one. I mean, they're popping all the time because things shift, taste shifts what kids are looking for, shifts. So it's constantly changing. 
And so if you were looking for somebody who was just getting their start today, the advice would be the same, just to know whatever you're planning today might work today, but might not work tomorrow and vice versa. I mean, there's always, you know, the normal, like set a schedule, upload on the same day, you know, keep your content consistent, give a good call to action at the end of videos. I mean, there's lots of like little minute things that people can put in that make their videos more likely to be successful. Good keywording on your titles, great thumbnails, you know, that kind of stuff. But certainly, I think overall, it's just like be yourself, find something that you love, that you want to talk about a lot, because that's what you're going to be doing. And then don't be afraid to change it when things aren't working. I love it. Okay, we're heading on to the lightning round. I have three questions for you. Just answer first thing that pops into your head. First, what's the biggest piece of advice you have for your daughters? Follow your gut. Follow your gut. Love it. What's your definition of success? My definition of success would be making a lot of money, but so that I can help other people with it. Mm -hmm. I would love to have such, have so much money coming in that I can turn around and use that to, I don't know what, build wells in Africa or, you know, I mean, really just like go out and help others. Love that. What woman do you admire most in the entire world? Uh, I can't (laughs) pick one. I honestly... I, the problem for me is like, I love women in general and I admire so many different qualities in different women. So I love that my girls are young and you know, that they have this fire in them that they're, that they're already developing when they're so young. And I love that my mom raised me to be strong and independent. And I love, you know, Meghan Markle's humanitarian work. And I don't know, I just love so many. I can't put it into one. I love it. I'll let you slide on it. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Mindy. You are one fabulous social lady. Thank you so much. That was all the social ladies. Don't miss new episodes every week. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media and author of Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. Follow me, at Carrie Kirpin, everywhere. And for more social smarts, be sure to follow Likeable, at Likeable Media. Thanks for listening.